trouble, oh, trouble in me. I've seen your face underneath. Trouble, oh, trouble, leave me now. Uh, or, Cat Stevens, maybe don't be such a pussy. Ever think of that? <clears throat> it's a really pretty song by Yuffyan. Yuffstan. Cat. It's a really nice melody. But I was thinking about that today. Um, kind of further extrapolating on, on the other stream I did either yesterday or the other day about uh, how uh, adults are being stuck in sort of adolescent emotional states and how language itself, pop culture, slang, shorthand, nonsense, um, contributes to that and locks adults into a certain uh, immature state. And there's no distinction between adult speaking, uh, mannerisms, etiquette and such from child speak. And, uh, and then I was thinking, well, looking at music itself, um, I don't know, maybe from the 60s on, it could have been, this could have been cyclical, but I just, uh, I'm not aware of the history, but the 60s and soul music, uh, you know, this uh, heartbreak romance music that we all are uh, moved by, you know, Otis Redding, uh, Marvin Gaye, it's all you know, uh, from the blues and in a way it's super gamified. It's super not masculine. It's, it's like a whiny, um, a whininess that the man is broken and, um, he needs another, right? And it doesn't mean that there's like, there isn't some truth in the matter as far as our our spirits and our hearts wanting love and, and so forth. But there's something inverse, there's some inversion there that happened, whether it was purposeful or not. And it really turned, um, you know, how like n they took nerds in like eighties movies and made nerds the new, uh, alpha. I feel like they took before that they took sort of like feeble, emotional men uh, through music and made them the victim of women and uh, especially black soul music that springs from the blues and uh, it's kind of lame actually because you're taking really good music technically really good sounds really good singers and uh, you're using it to kind of tuck your own balls in your ass sorry for the uh, crudeness, but that's kind of what it is. <clears throat> the other thing that it does, which is uh, something even before all of that, that I notice uh, that's very prevalent today is, is this assumption that love and its standard comes from another person, like a woman or a man. Oh, I need love. I'm going to find the man. Well, no, the standard for love can't be the other person or even yourself. And so you're, it's a form of worship, uh, just like uh, being fearful of men and, uh, you know, turning Bill Gates or any of these scapegoat Soros types or the technocratic elite that we don't know the names of exactly. Turning them into this threatening enemy is a form of worship. Similarly, uh, turning the, uh, you know, in this case, the, the female or the male into the enemy and, and the reason why you can't have love, you know, uh, it's all very much a materialist looking sort of uh, man is his own God view. 
And I think it was rampant all through the 60s and the sexual revolution, the hippie nonsense. And it goes hand in hand and parallels uh, the other kinds of music where, um, you know, free love, love is everywhere, one love, imagine all the people, all the faceless abstract, it's all abstraction. Um, and it really was a good vehicle, a useful vehicle, not a good vehicle, um, away from, um, God as the source of all of these things, love, compassion, forgiveness, uh, all of it. And, uh, sort of the, the music and the revolution, the circle and entertainment has sort of taken that and uh, kind of flew off on their little imaginary uh, Zephyr with with all of those terms. They kind of co-opted all the terms and the artist, the creator, the uh, painter, the director, the actor, the musician took it and said, we are the spokesperson. We are the mouthpiece of love, compassion. And inevitably that's how Hollywood itself and entertainment uh, triangulated around those immaterial absolute virtues and captured them because they took the expression they um and it's not like we're the victim it's just that they took it they ran with it and they were able to produce faster they were able to produce and and invert those terms and make humans the source of those terms and make humans the ultimate representation of those terms love compassion commitment honor all represented in movies, TV, documentaries, politics, uh, all with the assumption that we're the source. And that's really the underlying sort of uh, misconception, the, the incorrect logical way of looking at a lot of those things. <clears throat> so uh, here's a Here's actually, um, look, look, look at this. This is a, an ad I saw, right? This is hilarious. So for those of you just listening, it's an ad I saw on like something and is a video and someone did like a remix of Joe Biden doing a speech. And this is how you use propaganda. Again, I've been reading intermittently, uh, propaganda by Edward Bernays. And this is how you use emotion and music, uh, and uh, you tie it to an image, imagery, and you try to make uh, movements in people's hearts and souls and minds, uh, regardless of whether the content is total shit. And you can see, it doesn't work on me, but I can see how it can work on others, but this is hilarious. (coughs) Left us with this wisdom. Give people light, and they will find the way. Give people light. Those are words for our time. Just a week ago yesterday, shot there and 98% of massacres were in those zones yeah and then he passed a crime bill that put a lot of black people in jail Mm. um we know it's total shit right but the thing is it doesn't matter what we think of it because we don't buy it or play by those rules but it's interesting to see how vulnerable people are to that Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden we're talking about. Girl sniffing literally created a gun-free zone bill. 98% of all massacres occurred inside those zones. But he's a bam bam It's absurd. But it, 
but it's like preaching to the choir. Like there's no convincing. That's why, <clears throat> that's why what I was just talking about before, it's almost like a prerequisite to, to viewing that as serious. Like someone posted that and said, this is like the best ad ever. And, um, <clears throat> I always ask myself, what has to be true for that person? before they say that that's the best ad ever and they can't see through this shit. And you realize it really is a spiritual battle. It really is the worship of the creation versus the worship of the creator. Because if you stand in the view that you're created and we're created in love and that those things are grounded logically in a, in a transcendental, absolute, supreme being, then you understand how to interact with a lot of these emotions and virtues that are often misrepresented and shit like that. I mean, let's look at another person. This is uh, the very uh, mousy looking Sarah Silverman trying to interact with some level of truth as, as far as um, what's going on in this culture. Um, but she's, she's not grounded She's not asking the harder questions, and you'll, I'll tell you what I mean after she uh, does this. Head of a, a neo-Nazi groups. That's what he does. But he went towards love. He was 14, he was smoking a joint, and an older kid took the joint out of his head, hand and threw it out and said, you don't need that stuff, man, and gave him a place where he was accepted and cared for and loved, and that was a hate group a neo-Nazi group where he found family and camaraderie and a place to be when both of his parents worked all day. To redemption, when you take someone, you found a tweet they wrote seven years ago or a thing that they said and you expose it and you say, this person should be no more, banish them forever. They're gonna find some place where they are accepted. And it's not going to be with progressives, which ironically means to be changed, progress. If we don't give these people a path to redemption, then they're going to go where they are accepted, which is the motherfucking dark side. Okay, so she said a lot of shit there. And it all parallels a truth. But she doesn't understand, and maybe she does now, maybe she that's why she fights so hard against uh, Christ, is that all of the things she's talking about, redemption... Uh, forgiveness, uh, compassion, love, the side of darkness. She has no grounding basis for any of that shit. Like she, she refers to progress as change, as if change itself is a good thing. No, change itself is not progress. <laughs> Your idea of change, you can change, you can change a lot for the worse. Is that that's not progress? <clears throat> so she has this idea of progress, and uh, it's tied to her, uh, what she's linked to in her culture, which is like progressivism, uh, heal the world, cabalism, all this bullshit. And, um, and the thing is she said a lot of stuff in there. That's actually true that people will, will find their place because they actually do seek love and they do want to give love and they want to be of service to other people and be valued. And so they go to, go to where they can. So that's true. But this concept that uh, Sarah Silverman and her side, if we don't give a path to re redemption, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the same as the Cat Stevens and the, the thing I was talking about with music. The assumption is that the path to redemption is given by humans. No, we don't offer redemption. We don't give redemption. We don't elevate someone's moral standing once they apologize and redeem themselves. She thinks humans are the source. She has no basis. And, and that's why she's so confused in her speaking. Because it's not grounded in anything. All of the standards, uh, zero standards, all of the virtues and uh, immaterial absolutes she is appealing to right now um, are not grounded in anything other than one side doing better at apologizing and forgiving another side, right? Uh, we have to do better at, a, at redemption and we have to create a path for redemption for people. 
it's all materialism. It's all based in human being the God. And Sarah Silverman is right now just being a shitty, sloppy version of a God, a lower version of a man, um, an even lower version of a woman. And uh, it's just so clear once you see worldviews that you don't even have to argue particular things that they're saying. You don't have to go to, oh, oh yeah, progressivism, you mean like abortion? Yeah, all these like little talking points. You don't need to. You just have to understand what must be true for her to say to say that, to borrow all of the virtues, all of the traits that are, that are uh, demonstrated through the life of Christ who this woman pisses on daily yearly, in decades, um, because she knows that she wants to be the source of those things. She wants humans to have the power to set those standards and be those standards. And uh, that's why she fails, and that's why she'll never know what progress is. And you can talk to a progressive about this, and, and some righties. Progress, all progress is arbitrary, but for one thing, the only possible logical progress there can ever be objectively is truth. That's the only progress there is. All other progress is based on arbitrary goals, arbitrary standards. You can have progress toward a genocide. You could have progress toward some sort of uh, invented utopia. Progress means change. Change is good. Hope and change. Hope and change. You didn't do that. Malia. Malia came home. Show me a paper airplane that she made at school. She said, look, daddy, look what I made. I said, you, you didn't build that. Progress, hope and change, all this bullshit. It's not progress. It's progress given if the goal is X. And if in Sarah Silverman's uh, retarded, burned out, uh, uh, broken mind, she thinks progress is equal to change. That's what change is. You know? It's progress. Uh, progress means change. To change. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Just shut up. Okay? Just stop. And that progress is change, right? Huh? No, it's not. And she's always talking to someone who can't... This is why logic's so important. That's why you have to ground yourself in logic and even a little bit of philosophy so that you can be someone in the world where if you're ever interviewing some dumbass like that, some degenerate like Sarah Silverman, you could say, well, wait, whoa, 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 you made a lot of assumptions there. Progress isn't change. You can have, and then she's stuck and then she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. And then because of her nervousness of being cornered, she has to then retreat to what she does, which is make a joke. And that's where you have to keep these people. But you have to use logic to do it. Anyway, she's retarded. <clears throat> uh, here's another thing that um, I wanted to talk quickly about advertising and how, uh, you know, let's look at the word. It comes from the Lat Latin verb advertere, advertere, meaning to turn one's attention to something, combined with ad, meaning toward, basically redirect attention. And I talked briefly before about how adverts and, um, you know, TV shows, how I don't really buy predictive programming. It's all just advertising. Why call it that if uh, advertising is known to work and what you're doing is you're presenting a, a possible future for someone through the use of a product and they, they put themselves in that future and they say, I want I want that. I want to need, I need that or I want that. And so, <clears throat> If uh, there's advertising for what our lives could be and what's useful to our lives so far as products and services, um, the news, what we call the news, the journals, the journalists, uh, they are advertising futures and products in the same way. And we just, most people separate. They go, oh no, an advert's when you stop the show and you go and you get a plug for something. No, the, the news... The mainstream media is a constant advertisement for a narrative for the future or for the current uh, 
time. And you're either going to buy into their product or not. And the whole thing's an advertisement. And um, what's happening now, and it's important that um, maybe you talk to people who are uh, vulnerable to this stuff and show them beforehand so you can get ahead of it. But just look at these, these kinds of uh, headlines. So a long, dark winter winter experts worry about COVID, you know, they're going to just keep pushing this dark, 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 you know, your mental health in the dark winter in a pandemic. It's dark, dark. It's going to be dark and lonely, dark winter in Britain. They're going to use these catchphrases and all of the media are just a bunch of, they're just a wide, there's just a bunch of spiders in the same web. They're casting the same web, dreading a dark winter lockdown they're preparing, they're selling you, they're advertising to you to accept the product called a long, dark winter lockdown. Uh, and if you, they advertising it enough and you buy the premise, just like a joke, right? You can't tell a joke unless you say a premise. Airports are XYZ, true, true or not. If the premise is true, you can then follow through with the punchline and it'll be funny because it's based on the truth. These people are creating premises like bad comedians create false premises that people don't really, they have to work hard to get. It's all advertising. So they're advertising a long, dark winter lockdown. It's going to be brutal. And um, as long as they get ahead of that (coughs) and people buy, the the critical mass buys the headline uh, as if they're walking in to a play and they get the program, and the program says, opening scene, we're in a long, dark lockdown. This is what this is. This is, uh, this is the, the playbill, right? It's the playbook and the playbill. And they're showing you. And there's, there's going to be actors, and there's going to be events that happen in the first act of the long, dark winter. And then you go into the second act, and they're going to produce the second act title. You know, the opening act is the long, dark winter lockdown and and you can watch this stuff because they're telling you they need to foreshadow they need to tell you what they're going to do so they can do it uh, but not just because it's some weird like luciferian shit where they have to expose their their plans to you and you accept it's also they it's premising it's like <coughs> they have to prepare the scene just like uh you're prepared to walk into an establishment knowing what's going on inside. So when you walk into a, a jazz uh, bar, you're the premise for walking into the jazz bar, the sign, the, 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 uh, the neon lights or, or the marquee and what it says is going on in there, prepares you and informs you how to act. It sets up a, a structure for you acting a certain way. You don't, you're not gonna go into the jazz bar and pretend that you're seeing a stand-up comedian. And when you go into a stand-up performance and you pay and you sit down, you get some drinks, you are already being told what the context for what you're doing is. So so the future, the winter that's coming, is like a building. And they have the marquees outside and the line and, and they have it all set up. All of this dressing is the establishing shot for what they're going to do, which is sell and try to mimic and come to make, uh, bring to life a long, dark lockdown. What is there to do? Don't do Don't lock down. Keep walking around. Keep doing things. You know what I mean? I predict, it's a very, really weird prediction, that Christmas carolers are going to be a very... Uh, prominent feature in the news this holiday season. I don't know why exactly. Um, I just, I could be totally wrong, but I have a a premonition of that, that it's going to be very simple activities like caroling, like open prayer, uh, like singing, rejoicing, public displays of worship, uh, public displays of kindness. These kinds of things are going to be in the forefront and they're going to be uh, they're going to be the forefront of opposing this narrative. It's not going to be shopping like oh, you know, 
because the the companies will will appeal, right? They'll make it harder. You have to do shipping and all this shit. So don't 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 uh, defy this fake narrative of a long dark winter by rebelling in with consumption. Uh, no, because their consumption and convenience is their leverage. What they don't have leverage on is your spirit and your daily activities like smiling, like singing, like singing carols, like singing Christmas hymns, outside, out in the open, uh, very basic human things are going to be the way to combat this because, because economics isn't the way to combat it, right? You have, you do have, there are economics, uh, in, uh, in, uh, singing, in caroling, in, uh, in open prayer and worship and music and all of these things. Um, but the thing is, the reason why it's so effective is because it demonstrates what you're fighting actually for. You're not fighting to get into a store without a mask on. That's not it. It's deeper than that. You're fighting for you to express your God-given traits, talents, um, your your ability to, to express what you're made of, what you're made in. And that's love. That's love and joy. Uh, nothing's more powerful than joy. And so this is, we're going in actually to the season of joy, not the season of darkness. They're selling the inversion because then you get to measure it. That, then the, the weak people who are, who are afraid they get to look at what they want is joy and they get to see the opposite is true based on the, the media and all the experts and all this bullshit, you know? So the rejection isn't appeal to the authority. It's not, uh, let me back into Walmart without my mask. I'm Christmas shopping. Damn it. No, it's going to be very simple things. Uh, simple acts of joy that trans transcend politics. Joy Laughter, uh, music, connection, humor, uh, these things, beauty, these things transcend politics. And that's what these kind of uh, seasons are about. That's what families are about. That's what friends are about. That's what uh, enjoying uh, good food, gratitude. It's about gratitude, not turning into the dissenter, not the angry dissenter, you know, don't do, don't do the Antifa of the right. Don't do Antifa of the anti-mask. Don't be an anti-mask Antifa. No, you got to create joy. You got to, you got to fight it with what you're actually fighting for. You don't fight it, right? And then get to this place where you can finally get back to your life and creating and doing the things you love because um, that's an if that's like, that's actually giving your power away saying, no, things need to get back to normal based on the authorities. And we got to get, uh, we got to get the malls up and running and I got to hit the malls without the mask. And then, then I can really enjoy my life. No, the way you battle is you, in, you demonstrate to people that joy and being human can happen now. Not after you win, not after you go to court and you sue sprouts and all this shit. No, no, you do it now. And so that's why I think open forms of expression like caroling are going to be in the news. Uh, They will get shut down. um, And uh, that will be sort of the ultimate form of dissent. But simultaneously, it'll be the 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 form, the, the expression of, uh, of humanity at the same time. So it'll be clear that they're shutting down humanity and they can't shut down humanity because joy and connection and truth and love wins because light wins because darkness, fucking darkness, they're selling darkness as if darkness has its own agency, as if darkness is anything other than just the absence of light. So if you're gonna fight the dark winter lockdown, uh, 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 
oh, oh, ah. You know, if you're going to fight, trouble, oh, trouble, me, man. I have seen your mask and I'm going to put one on now. No, you fight darkness that darkness has no existence. It's just the absence of light. So you can't have a dark, dark winter shutdown. Ow, ow, ow. If you're celebrating light, if you are light, if you are expressing uh, the expression of light, darkness can't even win because it doesn't have its own thing. There's no darkness, actually. No darkness. There is no darkness. It's the absence of light. So you have to light up the world. You just, it sounds cheesy, but it's, it's literal. It's like, it's spiritual and literal. Like it's, you actually have to light up the world and light up the streets. And I don't mean like AR-15. You know, I don't mean Rittenhouse light up the world. I mean, you light up the world and you can. Because guess what? It's not shopping without a mask. There's nothing about the, the, the economic leverage that they have on us that can stop you from doing very basic acts. Um, basically, uh, of love and joy and light. It's so easy. There's no excuse. There's just no excuse. Whether that's, uh, you know, buying someone something. You know, of course, that's economic, but... Um, you're not doing it because you're going to show the man that you can still buy something. No, you're, you're, you're doing good. You bring the good and the light and the beautiful into reality. Not online either. Not, not online. In your local neighborhood. So the, the game here, the huge opportunity, is in those places that either accept this premise, darkness is coming, the shutdown, or not, the opportunity, especially at the local level, right, is to organize light, basically. You're organizing light. You know, whether it's your church who's hasn't been in communication in a while, if you got cucked, and organizing uh, whatever it is out in the streets um, and not in defiance. You're not holding a sign. I get you wearing it. It's none of that. No, 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 no. It's pure joy. And uh, that's the opportunity. A huge opportunity. Huge. 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 China. 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 <clears throat> Can we say that music is a gateway to transcendence? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, it's, it was God's gift to us to know and, and love and worship him. And that it's as easily inverted and taken uh, toward, um, away from him because, because it uses the good in us. It uses our empathy. It uses our, our, our soul that can be moved to tears and you can sell good through inversion and it'll feel good. Like you can make people feel good where the content is actually away from good. And that's why Lucifer is, uh, the, the ministry of music is because it's the 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 highway, the gateway, uh, as you said, to to the soul. That's what moves us. You know, it was it was a gift to us. Um, our voices, instruments, math, music, octaves—these things that we discovered are um, are a language. That's a, a universal language. You know, music and math are universal languages. Um, and they're, they're, they're objective. An A is an A, an open, uh, uh, G D C is, uh, will evoke happiness and D minor will, uh, will get you thinking about, um, the dark winter's shutdown that's coming. Um, but even, even in the sad chords, there's beauty, um, and truth. And there's like truth in uh, sadness and fear and all of these things that we also have emotions for. But it gets easily co-opted and it has been over the last uh, century or so. Could be even before. It could be when, um, you know, Bach and all these dudes were just killing it. And then some, some 
equivalent of like James Coltrane or some shit was was like, well, can we just like mess it up a little bit and create some dissonant garbage notes? Like, can we cre- can create create some disorder? Let's make it a little wacky, you know. Let's let's make some ugly dissonant notes that don't make sense and make people confused and angsty. That's like totally. It's like totally fucking rad, dude. I don't know. Miles Davis, maybe. All those dudes. The dudes who were like really good jazz and then they were like, where do I go? Like if Jimi Hendrix was alive now, he probably would have just gone down the path of like super acid jazz crazy sounds. Or... probably country music. Let's look at this again. Left us with this wisdom. Give people light. Light? They will find the way. Yeah, give them light. Give people light. Those are words for our time. Just a week ago yesterday, Yeah, yeah, and and Joe Biden was good friends with Strong Thurman, a really big racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a joke. It's hilarious, though. Do I like country? Yeah, for like two songs. I think that's the, the true for any music for me. It's like any style. Like I'm studying gypsy jazz specifically in guitar. And so um, I can get sick of it if I listen to it too much. So I think that's... Country is very much um, like that. It's easier. I'm trying to think of what... Probably classical. I think classical music, old classical, the good shit, is the easiest to listen to for a long time. Whereas, like, these little niches are harder to uh, get into for a long period of time. Jim Bob, we want to see more of your face. Have I been... Have I been doing this, or... How dare you... Come on, man. I, pr- I passed the I passed the bill and put more blackies in jail than anybody. Come on, man. What are what are guy? Who's the guy? I'm the guy, man. Come on, man. I'm the guy who passed the bill and made uh made psycho killers able to just go walk in anywhere and shoot all the little kitties, man. Nobody's got more spilled kid blood than me, man. Come on, man. Oh, come on, man. Malarkey. Resolution is the most important part of good music. Yeah, I'm just now, after 15 years of playing guitar, learning resolution, like on notes, like actually soloing and how to uh, resolve. Super important. Just push your face up against the phone. Come on, man. Is Western civilization on the verge of catastrophic collapse? I don't know. That's very romantic. I think um, there's too many structures in place for a total collapse. Um, You know, if those systems like the monopolies of supply, uh, the supply chain, something horrific happens and kills all of them, that would be a catastrophe because a lot of people depend on them mostly. But Western civilization, in a way, um, it wouldn't be a catastrophe that, uh, let's say, the banking and the and the the debt system collapses because we really the boomers, our parents, I mean, they saw, they thought they saw someone land on the moon, and they were like, okay, cool, whatever America does is good. I don't care. Let's borrow. Let's just borrow things. If we can do that, we can borrow anything. It's going to be amazing. Golf clubs. I want golf clubs. 
I want a watch. I want a black car. Please, let's do this. And then <clears throat> what happened is they they sold all of this debt. They just said like, oh, you you can have debt and you can you can take a loan and you can take a loan for college. And then after you go to college, you can get a, a job to pay back the loan that you'll never pay back. And then if you have any leftover from your paycheck, you can take out another loan for a house that you'll never own. So you have a degree that you don't actually own because you're paying it back. And then you have a house you don't actually own. And then the bank owns your entire life because nothing is yours. And eventually, if you're lucky, you'll die and have some kids that feel bad enough for you that they take on your debt. <clears throat> Just so they can have your borrowed house that the bank doesn't fix when you call the landlord, which is the bank. Hello, can I speak to Citibank, please? Sorry, we don't, there's nobody here. Nobody exists. Oh, but what's your name? You're the, you're the helper, right? No, I answer the phones and process things, but <clears throat> I don't own your house. Who owns my house? We don't know. It's just like a name. It's like a number. Uh, it's a number on a loan and the loan gets sold around. And uh, we don't know who even owns it right now. But uh, so you can't talk to your landlord and they're probably not going to fix anything. And anything you pay to fix, you don't get to take with you. If you can't pay pay the rent to your landlord bank, who's an imaginary non-person, who doesn't respond to any of your calls, it's the it's the most nonsense shit I've ever seen. So if you're like me, if you have kids, start a house loan, start a house savings. Don't save for college, save for a house. You know why? Because you go to college to get a job that you could buy a house. Guess what? If you saved enough to pay for college, you can just buy the house. Guess what? If you buy a house, you have no mortgage. If you have no mortgage, you could literally mow a lawn or paint a fence for food. <clears throat> you don't have the pressure of paying back borrowed imaginary money that you never deserved in the first place. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so if you're, if you're going to be a father or you are a father, start your fund and just drill it into your kids that saving so that you can own your own land and your own house outright is the most important thing. Not going to college. It's really important you go to college, son. Why, dad? Well, because right now, anything you're learning is going to change and, and your, your knowledge is going to just be like antiquated in two years. But in four years, it'll be literally gone and uh, you're, you won't be needed. But you'll have $300,000 that you owe. So that's why it's important, son. People respect people who have college degrees. No. Totally wrong. Big lie. Big lie. That's like saying we respect people, we respect astronauts because they told us they landed on the moon. They just become... At, the boomers, our parents, took on the archetype of the astronauts. They looked at man. They said, oh, look, he landed on the moon. <clears throat> look what I can do, son. Listen to me. I'm an astronaut too. I'm an economic astronaut. It's retarded. They they made they made a big mistake. They they went the wrong way. They really did. Son. I regret wasting four years on a shitty outdated business degree. Yeah, business especially. It's like kids, there are kids right now who are 14 and have thriving businesses. There's no, in a, in a world of versatile and agile technological advancement and development, um, one technology can kill an entire industry, let alone <clears throat> um, change uh, the necessity of your skill in that industry. And so that's why you don't look at markets, you know, you look at what kind of life you want to build and you start looking at, at a young age. What kind of life do you, uh, do you want to build? And if everyone's inevitable goal is owning their own property outright, then every, all the work that they do after that will go right into their property. It, you know what I mean? It's so simple. 
it's not simple saving $200,000, $400,000 to buy something outright. But that's what community's for. That's why other communities right now, like what we're seeing right now <clears throat> is like a movement toward the land. Um, people are, are, are feeling it. They're, they're going, well, this is all crazy and I don't really buy any of it. And so what's the alternative and wh- how do I navigate through this? And everyone's looking toward <clears throat> away from major cities. But the good thing about that, yes, it increases the demand for land and housing outside of cities, but at the same time, the demand for community is higher too. So <clears throat> you can find people who have land and who want to buy, who want it, who want community. You can actually find those people instead of looking at realtor.com and all these things <clears throat> that uh, are done the way you think you should do them, right? You look at people who are already doing it, who are looking for um, neighbors, community uh, builders, people who can do shit, people who can grow, people who are about the same thing. And what's funny is what's happening is there's sort of like a a speed dating, like almost like this Tinder for homesteading going on right now where everyone's reaching out to people and meeting new people who have different goals. And they're like, well, you're going to be in my tribe. Are you going to do this? Or we're going to go up here. You're going to, you're going to, you guys going to go up there or where are you going to go? You're going to Montana. That's cool. And it's really cool because it's, it's showing that there are more people involved with it and you're not alone. You're not alone in the pursuit. And, and people don't want to do it alone. So the people who already have the land, a lot of them don't also want to, they don't want to just do it alone and live like some of them do, but you can't live. Um, you're going to eventually have to need some sort of community. And so that's all happening now. And it's really fucking cool. And I'm, I want to be a part of that. They're right now poisoning all land wilderness. Yeah, I don't think you can poison the land. I think the land is way more powerful than any man-made possible poison. You can't do it forever. You, you run out of money. You got to keep poisoning. Land grows. It figures out a way. <clears throat> so um, that's not going to stop anybody. Especially if you if you get out into the land, it's like you can fight it. You can fight whatever kind of nonsense is happening. Getting into the tiny home videos. Yeah, I was talking about tiny homes and how it's going to backfire. Like um, they've been presenting tiny homes in this whole like progressive, sustainable development uh, mentality. But it's funny because all these hillbillies and rednecks and bearded uh, alpha and delta males might actually buy these things and put them on their land. So uh, you're using progressivism and all the sustainable development UN agenda bullshit, the pod lifestyle, the corporate pod, and you're stealing their pods and buying them and putting them in places where you can utilize them and have guests and have people rent them and uh, live on the land, you know, live simply, uh, but not simply under Amazon. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so funny how all this shit backfires. You know why? Because any new development that's in the name of progressive, sustainable development, corporate top-down fucking bullshit, uh, smart city dwelling, any of that stuff you can utilize for not there. You can take it elsewhere. So it always backfires because in the end, <clears throat> it's human will. It's our will that succeeds. <clears throat> so... Pretty awesome. Alex Boomer Moon Jones. I can't believe he thinks we went to the moon. He's definitely paid to say that. Even Joe Rogan is. They're just like, listen, you want the big deals? You gotta, this is the one thing. No Israel, no moon. No Israel, no moon. Can you say it with me? No Israel, no moon. No Israel, one. I heard a fact. I heard a stat. That, no, Jamie, bring it up. No Israel, no moon. Look, let's talk about chimeras. Let's get back. We'll get back to the moon some other time. Come on, we cover that. Let's get back to chimeras. We definitely swam to the moon. It's It's absurd. It's absurd. 
why Israel no moon? You you can't you can't if you talk about the moon, then then all our advertisers go away. If you point out Israel, um, any sort of problems or uh, or overrepresentation in our own uh, government <clears throat> to the needs of uh, another nation state that none of us have access to or automatic uh, citizenship, then you're called anti-Semitic and you then advertisers go away. That's why no Israel, no moon. Anti-Semitic, anti-specific. Anyway, I got to go. Um, have a good Saturday. Again, the most important thing is watch the narrative of darkness and don't get mad at it. You got to bring your joy. You got to. You defy it by defying it. You don't defy it by being like, that's wrong. You're bullshit, fear-mongering bullshit. I'm telling mommy. Who's mommy? I don't know. Dad, don't be a mom. Dad, change the water, okay? Don't look at the, the dark nonsense propaganda and be like, Mom, I don't know how to, I don't know how to change the water. Well, bring, just bring joy, honey. What? No, don't be that kid. Bring joy. Go sing. Go do things. Don't fight in their system. Don't run into the mom. And, We're going to fucking buy all the PlayStations without masks. I'm fucking buying my PlayStation without a mask. I fucking killed them. I fucking defeated Corona narrative. I bought my PlayStation without a mask. No, no, no. Joy. Sing. Joy. Bring joy to your your common man who you think is your enemy. That's how you defeat. That's how you defeat the nonsense uh, virus. Nonsense. The dark. The darkness is coming. It's like fucking, uh, what is it? Never-ending story. That's funny. Coronavirus <coughs> will be the never-ending story. If you don't call out the nothingness for what it is, which is just a nonsense machine, it will be the never-ending story. It's basically completely parallel. I mean, Owen has done amazing streams on the never-ending story. If you're listening, Owen, you should do you should revisit the never-ending story and see if it parallels the coronavirus. <clears throat> anyway, I got to go. Been sitting in this apartment too. I mean, this uh, apartment, this parking lot too long. Love you.